Man Tools is brought to you by EXO Auto Works, Colorado Springs home of the $30 synthetic blend oil change. Includes up to five quarts and standard filter. Additional oil and specialty filters extra. Includes tire rotation and vehicle inspection. Also, $225 front or rear disc brakes. Includes new pads and rotors. Applies to most vehicles. Call now, 719-375-3232, or visit exoautoworks.com to make your appointment. Enharmonic Studios. Enharmonic Studios is a hybrid digital analog facility designed to be quality and affordable to anyone who wants to make history. They have all the tools to help you with your audio and production needs. From tracking demos to full CD productions, reamping, mixing, mastering, and more. Want your VHS to DVD or your old cassettes and records to CD? They do that too. Whatever your needs, they can help. Call today, 719-963-2020 or go to facebook.com slash enharmonicstudios and let them know you found out about them through Man Tools for a special discount. Morty on the Move. Morty on the Move is a killer show that highlights the Southern Colorado music scene by bringing you a live performance and interview from a different band every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tune in at facebook.com slash Morty's page or go there after our show to see what you've been missing. Madrid Maintenance. Besides being our partner for Give Mom a Hand, our community outreach program, Madrid Maintenance offers excellent handyman services in the Colorado Springs area like sprinklers, light fixtures, electrical, plumbing, disposal and softener installs, drywall, doors, paint, flooring and tile, appliance installs, and more, starting at just $35 an hour. You can reach them by phone at 719-963-2020 or online at facebook.com slash Maintenance. Tell them Mantool sent you for a special discount. in Spanish. This is America. We have a national language. Well, check your fucking self because America does not have a national language. To me, the idea of taking a child through a sex change to begin with is just nuts. Walk down the hill and uh, I'll call them the <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> take me in there. Stay solid. Man tools. Oh, good evening, everybody. It is once again Thursday night, which means that it is time for Man Tools. 
Uh, hope everybody's had a great week. Welcome. Uh, the Corona apocalypse continues. <laughs> Although it looks like some of that is going to be relaxing a little here soon. So um, <clears throat> we got a great show for you. Hopefully Eric will get in later. Uh, he was working up in Denver and it kind of depends on when he gets home, uh, when he can jump on. But uh, he should be uh, giving us a video call here um, at some point in the show. We hope, fingers crossed. Uh, but either way, the show must go on. So we will drive on regardless or irregardless if you're an ignoramus. Back in the old radio days, uh, the internet radio days for us, we uh, had almost an entire episode dedicated to words that aren't really words that people throw around, like irregardless, or um, literately, or specifically. Um, yeah, it's fun stuff. Uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> this week has been interesting for me. Um I didn't mention it, but I've actually on like my second week of being quarantined from my job. I am an essential employee, but because I came into contact with uh, somebody that was sick and there's no evidence that it was COVID-19 that they had. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary uh, outside of a test proving that it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> they said, uh, yeah, don't come into work for two weeks. So I am looking forward to getting back to work on uh, Sunday. Um, it's been kind of strange. We've been, uh, doing the like homeschool, but not homeschool, the zoom conference thing with, uh, the teachers for uh, the kids. Um, that's been, you know, still a kind of a learning curve and, um, everyone figuring out the technology for this, uh, how we're doing this. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's been kind of cool too. Um, hanging out at home with the kids, um, having to be a bit of a taskmaster, um, which I'm okay with. I was a sergeant in the army, so I can fill that role. And, um, yeah, that's kind of been what's been going down here. Um, a few little, uh, home things taken care of, uh, in the meantime. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting. I'm looking forward, though, to some of this getting relaxed. Uh, I understand that it can't just be gangbusters all at once, or I guess the curve doesn't flatten. Um, but it looks like some things are going to start opening up next week, so that's good. Uh, at least here in Colorado. I know every state's a little different. So, uh, yeah. we'll. Uh, and I guess with that, with that little recap of my week, uh, so to speak, we'll... Uh, Jump on into some news. So this first piece, I'm not really sure you'd call this news because <clears throat> it certainly isn't new. Um, but I found it interesting being a bearded man. Um, 
<clears throat> and you see a lot of uh, images of men from the 19th century with impeccable looking beards. So uh, I thought this article was pretty cool. This comes from um, the Good Men Project, which we've discussed some of their uh, work uh, over the course of the show uh, several times. Um, but I wanted to get down to, uh, obviously there's some imagery here that's just spectacular. Like, look at this guy. Unidentified man from a Victorian, I don't know how you pronounce that, card, card to visit? Uh, but man, that is a beautiful white beard. And then here's an ad for hairbrushing by machinery. <laughs> I'm not sure what machinery they're talking about. Um, oh, here we go. So, uh, here's their, their, this is what I wanted to get into. There, um, were some men's etiquette and conduct manuals that contained advice on how to manage and care for your beard. Above all things, most authors agreed that beards needed to be kept clean. Uh, brushing was important not only in keeping the beard luxuriant and shiny, but also in rescuing small bits of food that had become trapped in the undergrowth. As the authors of Good Manners suggested in 1870, quote, the beard should be carefully and frequently washed... That's good, good advice. Well-trimmed and well-combed, and the hair and whiskers kept scrupulously clean by the help of clean, stiff hairbrushes and soap and warm water. Amen. Nobody wants a nasty beard. And now I guess uh, they're recommending that bearded men shave it off due to the COVID thing. I say fooey on that, or hooey on that. I'm not sure what the proper 19th century term would be. Um, but I'm not going for that. I'm not going to shave. I think there have been plenty of, uh, healthy bearded men over the centuries. And I include myself in that number. Um, I guess special whisker brushes were made available to do the job properly, which were advertised in newspapers in one advertisement from the, uh, Greenock advertiser whisker brushes could be bought for the knockdown price of five and a half pence. I'm assuming that's in uh, Britain in Bell's weekly messenger in December, 1850 whisker brushes were included in a broader advertisement for Christmas presents. That's a good, that's a good gift for dad. Let's see. I wanted to see if there's uh, <clears throat> some more advice is that uh, a little trimming or climmy clipping was permissible to keep everything neat and tidy since having a scruffy unkempt beard suggested slovenliness and was considered uh, quite the usual business of a man's person to trim the beard for those who could afford it a valet or manservant might also do the job as a in this book of household management pointed out a good valet should brush the hair beard and mustache where that appendage is encouraged Arranging the whole simply and gracefully, according to the age and style of countenance. They also wrote and spoke so eloquently back then. Um, applying cosmetics to the beard was actively frowned upon, and there were even some suggestions that the products themselves uh, 
were unpleasant. An article in the Hairdresser's Journal in 1868 noted the use of iron dye containing hydrosulfate of ammonia and hartsthorn for coloring beards and mustaches, but noted that the abominable odor and putrid smell of the ingredients meant that any fellow who would apply this hateful thing to his facial hair must be strong of stomach and not over delicate as to the sense of smelling. (laughs) All right. I was hoping there was more pictures. Oh man. Well, so there you go. Not really news, but I thought it was kind of cool that, uh, they, uh, they really, uh, went all out with the, the beards there in the 19th century. Yeah, that's epic. Well, on to our next story. Um, so you may have seen earlier this week, uh, CNN news guy, Brian Stetler, Settler, Stelter, um, put out a tweet that, uh, picked up a bunch of internet traffic, I guess you'd call it. Um, I'm hoping that it shows his tweet here. It does not. Let me see. I want to find it. Well, so uh, he had a tweet where the sentiment was something about him uh, going to bed weeping and the, uh, the tears that he experienced had been building up for the last month over COVID-19. Um, and then people kind of mocked him and he said that, uh, people trying to be manly, it's just a show, uh, performative, I believe was the word that he used. Well, um, in England, there's somebody who, uh, I wouldn't call this performative. This sounds, uh, quite manly. Uh, 99 World War II veteran from Yorkshire raised more than 31 million pounds for their National Health Service by walking around his yard in a challenge that went viral. Uh, he is a member of what's often referred to as the greatest generation and uh, oftentimes rightly so. Uh, <clears throat> he regularly taught that when the bugle calls, one should rally around the tattered banner, regardless of who is leading the nation to battle. Um, this gentleman, his name is Captain Thomas Moore. He wanted to help his country by taking 100 laps around his yard, which is a genuine challenge for someone of his age. Uh, he was hoping to raise a thousand pounds, but instead he rightfully turned into a celebrity and raised more than 31 million pounds for his country and countrymen, many of whom hate the flag colors that he once fought for. Meanwhile, Brian Steltler wept. And was called by many brave for tweeting about it. I mean, he wasn't on, like, on video doing it, so no one knows if he even did. But, uh, oh, here we go. Truth is, I hit a wall. Gutted by the death toll, I crawled into bed and cried for our pre-pandemic lives. I think those tears had been waiting a month to escape. And then mocked on Twitter, uh, he as many have called it, courageously fought back, calling masculinity performative. Well, 
As this guy points out, it's no wonder that he thinks that. Others soon joined in, calling him bravely vulnerable. And as we've, uh, I think we've gone over <laughs> how Jack Donovan feels about men being vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable is another word for weakness, especially when it's very public and uh, something like Twitter. So I I would tend to agree. That's being weak. Um, and then others shared their sob stories in solidarity. It was a scene, I love this quote, it was a scene straight out of a sherry-fueled gathering of Victorian grandmas in a village bridge club from the 1890s of England. <laughs> Uh, Stetler isn't the only one millionaire Sam Smith the singer of the world's worst James Bond theme song who goes by the pronoun they to to denote his non-binary status also had a meltdown from anxiety and bravely showcased it through Instagram another Instagram influencer who posed as a nurse only to performatively quit due to anxiety also hailed as brave and had her story in CBS before it was discovered to be fraudulent. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, this was a lady. Um, she claimed that she was a nurse and had uh, was currently a nurse, which it was not true, um, and had just pulled a shift where uh, she didn't have any protective equipment and was still expected to treat patients at a hospital. Well, it turned out, and CBS ran with this, uh, it turned out that she was full of shit, she had been a nurse at one time um, and I don't know if she continues to be licensed or had given it all up completely, but apparently due to her own anxiety had quit being a nurse um, and currently was not working at least in that field. So all, her whole story was completely bogus. Um, and is this, uh, this fellow in uh, um publication is oh the federalist points out um that vulnerability like this is performative sometimes manliness or masculinity can be performative but um in this case it's more the uh the oh i cried into my pillow that's performative you only post something like that to get attention that would be the very definition of performative you're you want people to think that you're brave for this vulnerability when in fact you're not really brave the 99 year old man that did 100 laps around his yard he's brave he's manly and it's not performative he's the real deal Brian Stelter is an attention whore and that's what I have to say about it Um, let's see let's get into some funner stuff up next, we have a couple of stories about how Florida man is dealing with COVID-19. Uh, first up, <laughs> I think this is pretty clever. Uh, it did not work out, but a Florida man put a warning sign on his door claiming that he was infected with COVID-19 so no one should come in. Uh, this is knowing that he was going to be arrested uh, to keep the police from taking him into custody. <laughs> A Florida man tried to deter authorities last week by placing a makeshift sign on his door that claimed he was infected with coronavirus. Joshua Price, 28, was arrested on April 16th by officers who discovered the handwritten sign 
in blue ink that read COVID-19 infected since 4-8-20. Police said they wore full protective gear when taking him into custody as a precaution. Um, and they, the quote from them is, placing a fake COVID-19 sign on your door will not stop us from kicking it in when you have a felony warrant. <laughs> So, <laughs> nice try there, Florida man. Uh, <laughs> and there he is uh, in the image being taken into custody. You see the, the cops uh, pretty decked out to protect themselves just in case. <coughs> uh, but even if they bought it, it sounds like they would have uh, come in and arrested him anyways. <laughs> Uh, he was taken into custody for fleeing and eluding law enforcement and violating his probation, according to the sheriff's office. They added there was no indication that he had ever been exposed to the virus. So, uh, and there's a picture of the sign. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who's gonna buy that. So there you go, uh, Florida man. Another Florida man story related to COVID-19. This one's a little less fun. Um, A man (laughs) went into Publix, which is a grocery store in that part of the world, um, and he noticed that people weren't wearing masks like uh, has been recommended by many agencies, Um, although in most places it hasn't been an order. um, But he wasn't cool with that. So, uh, authorities, authorities say that this is coming from Miami. Can I close that? Nope. All right. Um, authorities say a Florida man posted on social media that he was going to shoot up the local Publix because not enough people were wearing masks. Robert Kovner, 62, was arrested Tuesday and charged with making a written threat of mass shooting, according to the Highland County Sheriff's Office. The investigators said that uh, the Sebring man had threatened to carry out the shooting at Publix, though officials didn't identify a specific store. Um, Their quote says, We realize these are stressful times, but there's no excuse for making threats like this. It's not a joke. It's not just a bad day. It's a crime. We will always take them seriously, and you will go to jail. Health officials have recommended wearing masks, uh, but again, recommended. It hasn't been a requirement. Some Cities and counties do require masks, uh, but this particular place did not, and I guess this guy didn't like it. <laughs> so his solution was, I'm going to shoot everybody. I wanted to see there was a, I believe the the terminology he used was that he was going to, quote, empty every clip he had into the store. So there you go. Uh, that does it for the news. Let's get into some politics. So first up, we have a, uh, an ad that was put together by the Trump campaign. And this is spectacular. Um, For those that don't know, recently uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and um, 
the folks that are aligned with her party um, blocked some legislation to do another another round of stimulus to the economy. Um, you can say what you want about the merits of doing uh, economic stimulus, although right now I would say it's the government that's telling everyone to stay home. They should take over paying those people. Um, but <clears throat> and then she appeared on a late night talk show uh, remotely. And showed off uh, her, I guess, she has two refrigerators in this background. And from what I understand, each one costs $24,000. And shows off the uh, the ice cream that she has stocked up in the fridge. Um, so, the Trump campaign was very quick to take advantage of this. And I gotta say, uh, this, this <laughs> is epic. We turn now to that $350 billion fund to help small businesses and its workers get through the shutdown. It will be up to Congress to restock it. But Democrats blocking that move this morning. They asked for a quarter of a trillion dollars in 48 hours. I said, well, I don't don't think so. They objected, and I congratulate the Senate Democrats. Speaker Pelosi, what are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate candy. Thousands have been forced to wait for hours at food banks all across the country. This is... Oh my! Chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. We just got it restocked. The ice cream. You don't want to eat up everything all at one time. I can't do it much longer. I'm trying so hard. We were, can we say, enjoying having yeah. to admit Stark that? Stark contrast yeah, there with the we're starving. Uh, and the I like it better than anything else. Taping this segment, there are 22 million people out. This work. specific program <laughs> is about stopping job losses today. This is hurting people bad. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but. Right now, it's survival move. You don't know where that next something else is going to come from. I don't know what I would have done if ice cream were not invented. I just wonder. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> if there's uh, if there's anything that Trump's pretty brilliant at, it's appealing to the uh, the common man. Um, and showing uh, kind of how ridiculous uh, his fellow elites are, which is interesting because he's he's grown up in a life of privilege, but um, somehow grasps, and I don't know where this comes from, um, it appears to be genuine, maybe it's a sham and he's full of shit with this, but um, he appears to grasp the severity of life for... Uh, those of us who don't grow up in that kind of privilege and is very good at um, presenting himself as the guy that's going to help those people um, and presenting the opposition as the the people that will uh, keep you down, so to speak. Um, and did a very good job, it appears, with this, this ad. That definitely uh, carried that type of message. So, um, yeah. And in general, fuck Nancy Pelosi. She's a cunt. So, there you go. <laughs> now, on to his, uh, his actual opponent in the election, Joe Biden. So, we all know that Joe's brain is going. So, Joe is appealing to us to not worry about his brain. Let's look at his heart. That's what's important. This is a real deal ad. It appeared on the Joe Biden website. I don't know if it's still there. Um but I did verify earlier that it, that it was. 
<laughs> his brain? No, his heart. That's what you should worry about, his heart. Oh, because that's what you should use to make decisions, is feelings. And just, you know, not your brain and your thoughts. And, I mean, it's his heart that that's what he's going to use in the debates coming up, right? His heart. Um, while we're on this, I didn't pull it up earlier, but I am going to pull it up now. Because uh, I think it's uh, something that we should take a look at. <clears throat> Apparently, he recently was in a, a climate change town hall with Al Gore. And I would like to, I want to find a clip of that. Um, he does kind of the uh, the recent Joe Biden thing and rambles incoherently. Let's see, Al Gore. It probably will come up right away. Uh, let's see, I want to filter some of my results. And I'm going to talk you through what I'm doing because otherwise uh, it'll be dead air. I don't want it terribly long. So let's see. Let's see if this shows his rambling. All right, well, hopefully this is the clip that I want. I think this will go into it, so. Everything in life is a negotiation. When you cross the street is a negotiation. Getting your coffee at Starbucks. We don't have uh, the YouTube premium anymore, so we are stuck with ads. Sai on Joe Biden's YouTube. live streams. Yesterday he spoke with the former Vice President Al Gore because it was Earth Day and the climate change, of course. That's Al Gore's thing. And uh, he raised some eyebrows. And by that, I mean Al Gore's eyebrows. <laughs> Let's take a listen. What's happening? We're not organizing. And we don't organize the world. Who organizes it? Who organizes it? And so there's so much, I think. I, anyway, look. I, I one, one, one more question here. Is it too late to address the climate change in a meaningful way? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think if there was What's like the thought? He wants to address the climate change. <laughs> oh. Now, this is a conversation between a guy that doesn't know what's going on in uh, Joe Biden and a guy in Al Gore who claimed, uh, when an inconvenient truth come out, that by, I want to say, what was it, like five years ago, there weren't going to be any more polar ice caps. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say that uh, the environment's not important and that people don't impact it, um, but clearly environmental alarmists are... Uh, are a little off in what they think uh, the impact from us is. Because every time they make a prediction about this stuff, they're fucking wrong. So, um, yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, On to something a little more positive. I also didn't have this pulled up because uh, 
I was hoping Eric would be in here, um, but since it's looking like he's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this Rand Paul, who's uh, he's he seems like a pretty decent guy. Um, I was a big fan of his dad, Ron Paul, um, and Rand Paul is more or less of that ilk, that kind of libertarian streak. Um, but he recently recovered from being infected with the coronavirus and made a speech. Uh, on Capitol Hill, I think today, uh, that's being touted as explosive. So we'll see. One of the great challenges in this world is knowing enough about a subject. Let's read that. There we go. Skip it. Money, not all the money in China will save us from ourselves. Our only hope of rescuing this great country is to reopen the economy. If you print up billions of dollars and give it to people, they are unlikely to spend it until you end the quarantine. The good news, though, is that the that scientific is a very good community point. finally has that is facts a very good instead point. of conjecture. The models that use 3.4% mortality were fortunately very wrong. Random samples now of thousands of people have now been tested for antibodies or immunity to coronavirus. Two large randomized studies in California show similar results. So those antibody tests basically can tell uh, less invasively than the, uh, than the, it's less invasive than the, are you currently infected type test? And it tells if you have been infected. And they're finding that a, a lot more people than they thought have, which means that the death rate is much, much lower. The number of people who have already developed antibodies to the coronavirus is 25 to 50 times higher than the number that is being reported as infected. This is great news. This study means that the mortality rate may well be 25 to 50 times less deadly than previously thought. The virus is still dangerous, and we shouldn't ignore the risks, but we should put By the those way, I should point out perspective. Senator These Paul is a medical doctor. He is an eye surgeon, so infectious disease is not his specialty. But he is a licensed as much MD. As only a tenth of a percent, or two tenths so of one percent. speaks out about medical we now issues, have he kind of knows what he's talking evidence about. evidence from randomized studies that we can manage this disease without continuing the draconian lockdown of the economy. The question, the question before right. us isn't this do is like nothing or... Do the whole thing. Uh, I think he kind of hits on what uh, and that's what I wanted to hear <clears throat> was this idea of keeping everything shut down for indeterminate amounts of time uh, doesn't really solve the problem. <clears throat> and it appears that a much larger group of the population has already been infected anyways uh, than they thought. So this, this idea of flattening the curve may not even be possible. Um, and it's looking like it's uh, less lethal. Um, the other thing that that's interesting um, I've been reading a lot about what they're classifying as a COVID-19 death <laughs> and in an apparent attempt to inflate the numbers. And I'll get to why they're looking at that inflating the numbers. Um, basically anybody that they suspect of having the disease at the time of death, they will, there, there's a push, there's actual policy being put out to medical examiners and medical professionals to say cause of death is COVID-19. Um, it does not take a positive t 
test to classify them as that. The other thing is, uh, for example, we, t- we kind of talked about how Sweden, uh, their response has been very different. Um, although I guess, uh, a lot of people have been touting them as, uh, being completely free and nothing shut down. And I guess that's not quite accurate either, but, uh, they apparently have not been quite as, uh, restrictive as the United States has been or other countries. Um, the other thing that Sweden is doing from what I understand is if you have a comorbidity, so anything else that could kill you with COVID-19, they are not classifying your death as COVID-19 here and in other places that is not the case. They are being instructed, if COVID-19 is even suspected, classify it as a COVID-19 death. And here's why. The first stimulus package, part of that included um, some language about how Medicare funds will be dispersed to hospitals. And apparently, a diagnosis of COVID-19 boosts the Medicare coverage for that patient by 15%. So they are being encouraged doctors and hospitals to diagnose people with COVID-19 by those hospitals because they stand to make a great deal of money from that diagnosis. And whenever you follow the money, you find what's really going on. So we here are in, in the U.S. are inflating our numbers or, tr- or attempting to uh, so that the hospitals can make a buck on uh, people that they're treating. And as the good doctor and Senator Rand Paul said, uh, it looks like that even with those inflated numbers, uh, it looks like the, uh, the mortality rate and even the illness rate are going to be much lower than we thought, which is good news. Um, hopefully... This is actually examined critically by those in power. Uh, I said hopefully, but I don't count on it. And um, we uh, can start kind of relaxing some of this nonsense and opening things back up, get back to work. Uh, The other interesting thing I've been reading about is herd immunity. For those unfamiliar, the idea with herd immunity is that uh, when a group is exposed to disease, um, and in particular that when it's often talked about with vaccinations, which is a little less, uh, intrusive than actually getting sick. But the idea is that, uh, even if not everybody gets vaccinated, the entire population generally becomes immune to something. Well, not exposing people to COVID-19 means that we're not getting herd immunity. So what you can end up with, especially if you keep doing these lockdowns, is you just go through waves of people getting infected and having it be very severe and deadly and no one becoming immune to it because you keep going, oh, everyone stay home. So yes, you stop the spread, but you also stop the spread of immunity, which does not protect the population from further infections. So uh, it looks to me like a lot of this overreach by the government is proving to be uh, ineffective and disastrous, which is kind of what I thought was happening from the beginning. Anyways, uh, let's move on. Um, what do we have next? Uh, oh, 
we've got some uh, some mid-roll ads that we'll get into here. Uh, first off, Morty on the Move. Morty on the Move has been a sponsor of Mantools nearly from the beginning. Uh, they're a killer show that highlights the best independent and local musicians and performers around. And you can watch them every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time at facebook.com slash Morty's page. Uh, some recent awesome episodes have included the 420 bong rips with Morty. Uh, I caught a little bit of that. Uh, it was <laughs> it was pretty wild. Uh, I'm not able or uh, interested in partaking in that, but uh, for those that do, that was a, that was a pretty pretty wild show um they i looked on their facebook page today they do not have uh their upcoming schedule but uh, i definitely recommend that you go back and look at old episodes uh they also recently had a a charity thing that the night before actually um on april 19th for baxter's promise um i don't exactly know the story with that but i know it's a benefit for uh for the Baxter family. It's a charitable thing. Um, our good friend Kelly Pippen performed at that one. Uh, I believe that was a live stream from, um, one of the local bars here in town. Uh, obviously with no audience, just the bands. Um, so check that out and, uh, get information on donating to that, uh, for a good cause. Um, and as always, we would like to thank Morty on the Move for being a sponsor of Man Tools. And my beard is brought to you by the Beard Struggle. Have you wondered how I maintain this luxurious mane? Well, wonder no more. I am now sharing the secret. The Beard Struggle is my go-to for beard hygiene and styling products. They have items that you can't find anywhere else, like the Huted Beard Comb. Those guys that we talked about from the uh, 19th century probably would have loved something like this. Uh, It will straighten and soften your beard like no other product. It is very portable. Uh, It's about the size of like a set of clippers. Um, It's easy to use, just three buttons, off, on, temperature up and down. That's it. It comes with a sleek carrying pouch and charges via USB like everything else today. Another thing that you won't find anywhere else is their Viking Sea Mineral Mud Mask. It will protect your beard from the weather and pollution. It will rejuvenate your hair. Uh, It gives you a rich mix of natural oils to repair the hair and make it feel soft, healthy, and smell great. I also regularly use their beard wash and conditioner to keep my beard clean shiny and manageable and my wife loves the viking storm scent so you should head over to thebeardstruggle.com and use the coupon code tlane15 that is t l a n e 15 for 15% off your order and if you're a lady you can order something for your bearded man uh that brings us to there's nothing to talk about in sports so we're going to get into some this week in his story
All right. This week in his story, April 23rd, 1348, the first English order of knighthood is founded. Uh, it's now referred to as the Order of the Garter, which I don't know if that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke. It's kind of hard to sell with that British humor sometimes. Um, <clears throat> and I'm surprised that that's, it's that late into their history. Um, but that's what it says. Um, April 24th, 1916, speaking of that part of the world as well, Irish nationalists launched the Easter Uprising against British occupation. And this is kind of the beginning of the Troubles, as they call it in Ireland. Um, eventually, this would lead to uh, Ireland taking advantage of all the British troops being deployed for World War One, And they did get, eventually gain their independence, uh, at least uh, with the exception of uh, some counties in the north, which are now referred to by the Irish as North Ireland. Uh, although... The British still call that part just Ireland. <laughs> um, let's see. April 25th, 1792. The guillotine is first used to execute highwayman Nicholas J. Peltier. Uh, as far as execution methods of the time, I think that was probably pretty quick and humane. Uh, sounds kind of horrifying now, but once your head's off, you're done. I don't think you feel it. Um, <laughs> let's see. April 26th, 1986. The world's worst nuclear disaster occurs at the Chernobyl power plant in the Soviet Union. Uh, an allegory for this that played out in one of my favorite Star Trek movies, uh, Star Trek The Undiscovered Country. If you haven't seen that, watch it. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an allegory for this where... Uh, in, spoiler alert, in that movie, um, the Klingon uh, energy production moon of Praxis uh, is destroyed because they're not really practicing very good safety measures and uh, they don't want to admit that there's a problem. Much like the Soviet Union did with Chernobyl. <laughs> um, let's see, April 27th, 1861... I found this eerily familiar with what's going on now. Abraham Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus as part of his efforts to uh, uh, fight the Civil War. Um, decided that, uh, no, we don't need evidence to hold people. We'll just keep them, take them. Uh, and even though the Supreme Court actually ruled against him, he basically said, well, what are you going to do about it? And they just continued taking prisoners uh, when they saw the need for it and um, not having uh, and what habeas corpus refers to as having the body uh, in this case the body of evidence to uh, keep someone and, and pursue trying them for a crime he said no we don't need that if we think you're in the wrong we're just going to take you into custody so hey um Hopefully we don't get to the point where stuff like that starts happening with this COVID-19 nonsense. Uh, I don't think we will, but uh, my recommendation is invest in uh, gold, silver, and lead. And by lead, I mean ammunition and arms. That's the best way to make sure that the government can't overstep their bounds, is to be prepared for when they do to use the Second Amendment the way it was intended. 
And I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything violent. But get that stimulus check and you're still employed like I am. Maybe a firearm is a good investment. Um, <laughs> let's see. April 28th, 1919. Oh, this guy. Les Irvin makes the first jump with an Army Air Corps parachute. And I'm surprised it worked because he must have had balls of steel to be the first for an Army parachute. Built by the lowest bidder. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I definitely would not be the first to do much of anything in an army uh, piece of equipment like that. Nope. Uh, Finally, April 29th, 1945, the Nazi concentration camp of Dachau is liberated by Allied troops. I've mentioned before on the show, um, I spent some time stationed in Germany, and we would do training at a place called Grafenbeer, which is not far from Dachau. So I had an opportunity several times to go see the Dachau concentration camp. Uh, Eric kind of disagrees with me on this, but I think if you're in that part of the world and you have an opportunity to see one of these places, you should. Um, It's a reminder of just how bad people can be, how awful people can be. Um, It also can be a reminder of, um, because sometimes you see some things where, um, you know, people in the camp pulling together, trying to survive, um, that sort of thing. Um, it, you really get to see both sides of the coin that is humanity, uh, the absolute evil and the, you know, people that still bring rays of hope to hopeless situations for others. Um, it's very sobering and somber. Um, and I think it's something that we need to be reminded that, uh, can happen. There's no reason that something like that couldn't happen again. I mean, uh, it sounds far fetched, but at some point we could have, well, you didn't social distance. So you're going to the camp to keep you from social, you know, keep you socially distant from the rest of us that want to not be infected. Um, you know, just, just because that particular thing was done, uh, in the case of Dachau on the basis of race, doesn't mean that similar things can't be done on other bases, bases, whatever the appropriate plural is. Um, and we should be mindful that, that it can, and we should do what we can to prevent it. So, uh, that's about it for our show. (laughs) Hopefully I didn't end this on too much of a bummer for you guys. Um, we appreciate you tuning into us, listening to us, watching us, whatever the case may be. Um, thank you for watching or listening. Of course, thanks to our sponsors, EXO Auto Works, Enharmonic Studios, Madrid Maintenance, Morty on the Move, and The Beard Struggle. Uh, of course, they only sponsor my beard. They don't sponsor the whole show. Uh, <clears throat> thanks to you for watching and listening. Of course, please check us out on the web at mantoolsmedia.com on all your social media outlets at mantoolsmedia. We're on pretty much all of them. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. We're even on Parlor and Minds and some of the weirder ones like that. Just uh, just because. 
of course, we would appreciate your patronage on Patreon. Uh, that address is patreon.com slash mantoolsmedia, and patronage starts at just $2 a month. And you can buy our premium content a la carte at gumroad.com slash mantoolsmedia. And of course, Mantools merch, including our Coronapocalypse t-shirts, uh, those are available at mantoolsmedia.threadless.com. And we will be back. Uh, I, th- I think Eric might even be physically here now that they're loosening up this stay-at-home bullshit. Um, but anyways, someone will be here broadcasting a show next week, Thursday night, 7.30 Mountain Time, live. And uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Good night, everybody. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying.